Greetings to everyone who's watching online today. It's lovely to have you with us. Everyone's in a very chatty mood today. It's wonderful. Let's continue that fellowship, hey? Let's make sure we continue it at the end of the service. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, here we are. Can you believe it? Just another flood. Just, you know, whatever. Take it in our stride. Here we go. <laughs> it's been, been crazy. Um, and I'm, I want to apologise for how cold it is in here today. But with the power being shut off, it has affected certain things. And apparently this morning, it's affected the air conditioning. And you might notice if you're using the bathrooms, we haven't worked out how to get those lights back on. Brad has been a legend. He has just been trying to sort... Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Again, <laughs> they're telling us that there's going to flood again in September. <sighs> We're resilient, right? We can do this. We're getting good at this. We just, you know... Thank you so much to everyone who turned out for the Working Bee yesterday and, and who's uh, been around over the last couple of weeks. It's, um, it's been an, an interesting time and uh, it hasn't, it's not over yet. <laughs> so right, we've got this, you know, come on, we can do pandemics and bushfires and floods and we've got this. We just, we're all over it. Apocalypse, you know, second coming of Jesus, come on, we're, we're, we're on it. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, just a, a few things. Um, Rick's over at Penrith Church today. Jesse and Jordy are taking some annual leave, and so he's uh, he is over there today, um, ministering to Penrith Church, and then uh, that's fantastic. Um, and also, I just wanted to say, well done to the team that went out to Raw last weekend. I tell you, sixty of our amazing young people went out to Bathurst to. Um, uh, you know, to do, a, to do an outreach, to sort of uh, just be there to minister to the young people because uh, there's not a lot happening out there um, for young people, uh, especially in the churches. It's been really hard slog to, um, to get young people into the churches. And, and so it was fantastic. We had 60 of them and about 40 from the, from the regional areas that came. And uh, they, had a, they had a great time. Um, and, uh, and I know that they've really blessed uh, the West out there. Even if it was just to lift the name of Jesus and give it a shout, I think they made some noise. You know, they made some spiritual noise, some supernatural noise last last week so uh, really grateful for them of course it was hilarious trying to pull off church without them you know half the church was sick with the flu and then the, the, the 60 young people had gone off and and we're trying to pull together a team to do one service so like not not three services <laughs> which is happening today but one just one service uh, at mountains but we managed to do that and live stream it and uh and so yeah we're just very very grateful to the team packing everything up and making it all happen and gosh but we're good at this we're getting good at this right we can do crisis no problem. <laughs> so I've been, in, I've been in bed with the flu all week, as you can tell. <clears throat> but I know God's given me a word for today. I'm actually really excited to bring it. I think I sound worse than I actually feel. I feel good. Um, and, uh, but I have got my little golem juice here, my little lemon and honey. Um, my, hot, my hot water, the steam's rising. Mm. Just in case I have a coughing fit. So, you know. <laughs> all right. Well, if, you, if you're a note taker today, my message is called Grasshoppers and Giants. 
just a little bit of a catchy, catchy title there. And, uh, and I know some of you will be familiar with this story, but not everyone is. And so I'm going to, uh, I'm going to read this story from the scriptures. The, scri- the scriptures will be up on, um, on the uh, screen there. So Numbers uh, chapter 13 is where I'm reading from. And let's go. So this is, this is the time that the, uh, the Israelites have left Egypt. You know, they've been... Uh, in slavery for many years in Egypt and God's delivered them Moses is leading leading them and uh, he it, it comes time to kind of map out the, this promised land that uh, that God had promised to deliver them to, to from Egypt to the promised land and so here they are in the desert it says the Lord said to Moses send some men to explore the land of Canaan which I am giving to the Israelites from each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders, down to verse 17. And when Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, Go up through the Negev and uh, on into the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. It was the season for the first ripe grapes. And so they went up and explored the land from the desert of Zin as far as Rehob toward Lebo Hamath. And they went up through the Negev and came to Hebron where Ahim, Ahiman, Shishai and Talmai, the descendants of Anak lived. And it's interesting, the descendants of Anak is a reference to giants, to big people, very large people. Um, and so when they had reached the valley of Eshkol, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. It was so heavy, two of them carried it on a pole between them, along with some pomegranates and figs. That place was called the valley of Eshkol uh, because of the cluster of grapes the Israelites Uh, cut off there and at the end of 40 days they returned from exploring the land wow okay so they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh uh, in the desert of Paran and there they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land they gave Moses this account we went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey Rick would be very happy about that here is its fruit And the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. Um, And then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. Fascinating, fascinating story, isn't it? Caleb, he's, he's ready to take it. He's, he's like, man, this is, this is our land. This is worth taking. This is what, this is what God has given us. And, uh, you know, he's pretty, 
he, he's pretty excited about it. But the others are like, no way. Nope, this is just trouble. It's no good. They, they spread a bad report, it says. And what was really overwhelming them was the, the, the sense of um, how small they felt against this enemy. How small they felt. They, they refer to the giants, you know, these big oversized men. Uh, and, and they just felt like they were nothing but grasshoppers even in their own eyes. And I think that is just one of the key reasons why these men couldn't have the same spirit as Caleb is because of how they saw themselves against the enemy. And I believe God wants to speak to us today about this. You know, there, there are some giants in the land. I want to take a few minutes to talk about the giants in the land because they're real. We face some genuine giants just on a personal level, you know, we've, we've gone through some, some really tough years. And for a lot of us, there's been a tremendous struggle with the giant of, of our mental health, anxiety, fear, depression. And some of us have, have gone through some trauma giants that have been really hard to shake. Some of us have gone through grief and loss, rejection, abandonment, betrayal relationship turmoil, these things can feel so big, so overwhelming and so, uh, you know, like we, that we have no possible hope of overcoming against those giants. And, and that's real. Those giants are real, you know. They, they, they can feel pretty big sometimes. But if you, if you have managed to sort of lift your head above those personal giants, we've got some other big giants going on even just in our society. You know, there's some... There's some really terrible um, narratives happening in our, in our world around race and around gender and sexuality, around abortion. You know, just things that are, that are it's just so terrible. It just grieves the heart of God. And they're, and they're big giants. And, and as the church, to try and stand up against those giants, we can feel like grasshoppers. Like, how do we ever come against these things? It's so strong. You know, I, I think of, you know, what's being taught in our education systems and how just messed up and confused we're making our young people over things like gender and sexuality. Just, just so much confusion and deception from the enemy. And it, it's, on, it's on the rise, you know. Uh, there's, there's been a 400% increase in, um, in trans kids that regret their, their um, transition and are wanting to go back. 400% increase in that, you know, just like messed up, confused kids. And it can feel like a giant because it's just so pervasive in our, in our world. It's just so in our face and, you know, our kids are getting really messed up. And, uh, and, then, and then, of course, you know, lift your head above that. And we've got these really big giants that are coming, you know, coming at us like, a, you know, the inflation rate and um, interest rates going up and, you know, the thoughts about job security and housing security and the supply chain issues. You know, if any of you are tradesmen, you know how frustrating <laughs> those have been for you. And, you know, just globally, we've got some some big things, you know, that we that, that are coming, food shortages, energy shortages, you know, pandemics of this and that, political unrest. There's like political unrest in a hundred countries in the earth right now. Like there's, there's, there are big giants happening, you know, in the world that we live in and they're real uh, and they're, they're part of our life. We do experience these giants uh, from time to time and s some of them personal, some of them very global, but they're, they're still a part of the reality of the life that, that we're living right now in 2022. 
We've got giants. Uh, you know, I was just thinking about some of the giants of the last days <laughs> that, that uh, we would face. And 1 Timothy chapter 3 uh, says this, But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than, rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. <laughs> Avoid such people. <laughs> these, are, these are the giants that we are living amongst, right? And I'm, I'm sure as I read that list, you're like, oh yeah, I recognise that. That definitely sounds and looks like the world that we're living in today. These are giants. These are last day giants and they can seem huge. They can seem fortified and very large. I think that phrase is very um, meaningful for us today. And, uh, you know, and I watch, I watch the takeover that's happened of, of media and the arts and education. That really bothers me, the takeover of, of, of education uh, that has is, that is just, just been so complete. And, uh, and, you know, those giants, they just seem overwhelming. How? How do we raise a family in the midst of that? You know, how do we find the truth? How do we understand truth in this sort of sea of emotion and narrative and manipulation that we, we're living in? It's, there is such an anti-God, anti-family spirit. These are giants and they can make the church feel like grasshoppers. You know, when, that, when this latest census results came through and we saw that there, there's this increase in people saying no religion. And, uh, you know, what we were over, uh, we represented over half the country, uh, I think in the last census and we're down to, was it 41% or something like that. And we can, we can think, oh my gosh, we're, you know, the Christian voice, we're becoming grasshoppers in, uh, amongst this sea of giants. And, and, and we can feel like that. But I want to tell you that there's more to the story than just the giants, right? There's a much bigger story. So let's talk for a minute about the grapes in the land because that's what they brought back to show this incredibly huge cluster of grapes that required two men to carry it. I mean, there was incredible opportunity, (laughs) incredible potential, incredible promise in this land of Canaan. And I want to tell you that from the deeply personal giants to the global giants that we, that we are all facing and, and living amongst right now, there is incredible opportunity for the church. Incredible opportunity. You know, I was reading Acts chapter 2 uh, about the last days and it builds such an incredibly powerful picture of, of I think, the grapes in the land <laughs> the grapes in the land. Let me read it to you, Acts chapter 2. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams and even on my male servants and female servants. In those days I will pour out my Spirit and they shall prophesy and I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood 
blood and fire and vapour of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, that great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Come on, there's grapes in that passage. There's grapes. It's a picture of the Holy Spirit being poured out, of the prophetic being unleashed, of dreams and visions. (coughs) (coughs) Signs and wonders. (coughs) Call them Jews. Signs and wonders and salvations. Salvations, that's the picture of the church. This is grapes in the land. This is grapes in the land, my friends. You know, this is not a defeated church. This is not a diminished church. This is not a church that's taking its last raspy breaths, which is the way they're talking about the census, like, oh my gosh, the church is just dying. No, we're not. We have never been more alive in Jesus' name. Come on. It's a church that's supernaturally aware, aware of the hour that it lives in. It's a church that's enlivened and encouraged and fruitful. That's the picture. That's the grapes in the land. And I want to tell you, we've got to be more focused on the grapes than on the giants. <coughs> Can you see the grapes? Can you see the potential? You know, um, oh gosh, I'm going to just preach myself into a coughing fit, aren't I? Sorry. Um, when, we, when we flooded earlier this year, it was really overwhelming. It definitely knocked the wind out of our sails. And um, it was a massive cleanup, <coughs> and um, uh, and and we felt helpless. We just felt helpless. It really, we really did feel overwhelmed by the giant of the of the flood, and and it was so annoying because we wanted to be the church. You know, here we are in the middle of Windsor. It's like you know, we've actually got we we, we own a bit of dirt. Like that's fantastic when a church can can you know be in the in the center of a, a city and and be a landmark and be a, a place of resource and we couldn't do anything from here what you know it was just it was crazy it was you know just just trying to deal with that and you know when we flooded this time you know Rick and I are just talking about it at home and and he's like we we are not going to be overwhelmed this time we are going to be in the community straight away we're going to be the first people on the ground and and he got so stirred up because he felt like the devil had us on the ropes you know he just got that boxing analogy he preached it last week you know just that sense of being on the ropes and just smashed and smashed and smashed and smashed and it's like enough enough you know get up and put a big blows back to the enemy and and so rather than thinking about the the giants we thought about the grapes and, and so, you know, with the church rallied, I know a bunch of you that you cooked. One of the girls cooked till 1 a.m. in the morning. She baked up a storm. We hired a coffee cart and we parked ourselves there in Hope City. They call themselves Dodge City. We call it Hope City. We parked ourselves there just to love on them, give them a hot cup of coffee. A lot of them still didn't have any power and, um, and just to feed them. And they just stood there in the rain and talked to us for hours, just hours. It was so beautiful. And, and you know, that community support continued. And I know yesterday they, they, um, they had chaplains. Lindy, you were one of them, weren't you, that walked through the city and Elijah was there and, um, and Sammy went and I don't know who else was there. 
another chaplain who from another church came um, just to come and minister to people, to talk to them, let, let them talk because they want to talk. They just they just need to you know know that they're loved and and I, it was it's so powerful because we got grapes on the ground. <laughs> you know we we had grapes, we had opportunity, we had potential there, uh, and that was our focus this time. And you know what? Thank you to everyone who came and just helped us clean everything up. You know, Pete Nick Pond was here 7 a.m. As soon as the water had receded enough, he wanted to be in earlier, but he was in here, no, no power in the building. He took his bricklayer buddies, uh, his, the guys that worked for him, and he brought them here to, to clean up and, and it was just all hosed out straight away. And it, it's, just, it's just amazing. We, we were able to take care of home just fine. But what we, what we made sure was that the giant didn't overwhelm us this time, that our focus was on the grapes. And I, I'm going to tell you, I believe that there's going to be great fruit, great fruit that, ha, that will come out of this um, because you know they 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 have felt loved and they felt seen and they felt heard and and um, you know and this is the church that's underwater and we're out there ministering to them and I want to be that church amen I don't want to be overwhelmed by the giants I want to be one that understands the grapes in the land we're not grasshopper church are we we're not a grasshopper church this is not a church that perceives itself as grasshoppers. This is a church that understands the scriptures that say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. This is a church that understands that the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead lives in me. This is the church that understands that in this world we'll have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. That's what we are as Strong Nation Church. Amen. And we're going to find grapes. We're going to, we're going to keep finding grapes. We're going, to, we're going to keep being grateful for this land of milk and honey that God has got for us and, we, and less focused on the giants. But the giants were real. They were there. It was an issue. And, uh, you know, the story in Numbers, it, it goes on to tell us that the people were just so overwhelmed at the thought of these giants. They just they couldn't, they couldn't see the potential of it. They just whinged and complained. God actually ended up sending a plague he actually wiped out all the guys that were whinging and complaining. Um, you know, just <laughs> thank you, Lord, for your grace in the New Testament covenant. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, they, they even threatened to replace Moses as a leader. They were just so unhappy, you know, with this course of action. Uh, and they just, and they, they actually thought that their lives were better back in Egypt. When we talk about losing perspective. Well, let's, let's pick up the story in Numbers 14, verse 5. It says, Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel, and Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, The land which we passed through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear. Let me say this again because I'm saying this to the giants in your life. Their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. I believe today that God is really wanting to, to uh, 
just supernaturally dispatch these giants in your life today and that protection is removed from them. This, this sense of them being fortified and large and, and you know, domineering and overwhelming, that God is just gonna take all that away. Like the smoke and mirrors that we sang about today, is gonna take it away. And they're gonna be very defeatable, very defeatable giants. Joshua saw the God of the land. And that's what we've gotta know, that, that we've got the God of the land behind us. The miracle working, signs and wonders, powerful God in the land, greater than any giant, totally up for what he promises us, he'll deliver it. Joshua could see the goodness and faithfulness of God. He could see that God needed it to be feared, not the giants. I was, I was thinking about some uh, testimonies from, from our lives that would just really uh, bring this to life. And, and I remember back, that there's not, there's not much of a bigger giant than a bank, right? Banks have a lot of power over us, don't they? And, uh, you know, keep getting those letters in the mail saying the interest rates have gone up, you know. This, don't we love those letters? <laughs> but um, bank, banks are pretty formidable. And, uh, you know, we, we had this time in our life where um, we had bought a house. We were living in a little house and, uh, and then um, uh, we had an opportunity to build uh, a sort of a duplex and a, a um, bit of a townhouse with my parents. And, and so we, we had a... We, we thought, well, we probably need to try and sell that house so that we can do that. And we, try, we put it on the market and it just wasn't moving. Nothing was moving. It was very slow. And we're like, it's, it's okay. We, we've got this construction loan. Uh, but when we got to the end of the construction, we, we then had to do the whole refinancing thing. And I don't want to bore you with all the details, but, you know, these are the details of our lives, right? And, uh, and, and so we're on the phone to the banks and they're, and they, they're saying to me, we cannot approve the loan because you, you have to sell the other house. You guys don't earn enough money to have both, both those houses. We had the other house rented out at this stage. So you, you don't have enough money. You have to sell that house. And we're like, we're trying to sell the house. It's not selling. Like, we, we can't do the impossible here. Like, what are you asking of us? You're not going to give us this loan. We, not, we cannot approve the loan until you sell that house. And we'd, we'd gone in and sort of renovated the house and try and, you know, make it more sellable. And, and it just wasn't moving. It just, it just wasn't moving. And I'm just in despair. I'm, you, know, I'm, you know, Rick came home from work that day after this conversation with the, with the bank. And I'm like, it, like the bank has all the power here and uh, we're, we're in real trouble. We just did not know what to do. And, uh, and we're just like, God, you're going to have to help us because we're, we're just in a rock and a hard place and we don't know how to move any of this. Like we, we do not know how to change this outcome. Uh, we're just in a very, very bad place. And the next day, a letter arrives in the mail saying that, our loan was approved. And I'm like, that's not the conversation I just had with the bank on the phone. Like, something happened, something changed. I have no idea. But that was an example of how God, the God in the land, does the stuff that only God can do. There's stuff that we need to do. And then there's just the stuff that only God can do. But He's our God. And he loves us. 
and he's made promises to us and we can rely on his word. We can trust in our God. And so I want to, I just want to say to you today, what's your giant? What's your giant? Because I'm going to speak these words over that giant. Their protection is removed from them. It's removed from them in Jesus' name. Whatever that looks like in your life, receive it today. Their protection is removed. That fortified, large giant that threatens you is being spoken to by Almighty God today. And their protection is removed from, us, from them. The Lord is with us. Do not fear. You know, God punished that generation of Israelites. They were doomed to walk in the wilderness for 40 years. All those that lacked faith and spoke badly, uh, you know, about, about this promised land that God was trying to lead them into, he, he made sure that they never saw it. But he preserved Joshua and Caleb. <laughs> they were old men, but gosh, they had youthful vigour. They fought and fought and, you know, I love, I love the story as it, as it goes on that Caleb's like, he, after, after fighting these battles in the, in the land and winning, he's like, okay, now give me my mountain. That, my daughter and I, we've, we've, we, know, we want that mountain. And uh, he goes and fights for that. Even as an older, an older man, you know, he had such vigour, such youth. And I, I just believe, you know, when we're talking about leading in our generation, being a church that leads, being believers that lead our community, our families, you know, being leaders, you know, we, we've got to have that spirit of Joshua and Caleb for our generation. We cannot be daunted by the giants. We've got to have that spirit of we're going for the promised land. God's got it for us. He's in the land. He's going to win this for us. We're going to put a sword in our hand. We're going to keep our vigour. doesn't matter how old we get. We're going to keep that youthful vigour. We're ready to take it because God's promised it for us. And so... We, we're actually gonna we're actually gonna have a time of communion, and uh, we yeah we're gonna we're gonna start to distribute the elements, and I I, I just really believe today yeah could the music team come on up and we're um we we're just gonna we're just gonna take some time over communion to really address the giants. We're gonna address the giants this morning, and some of them are big. Some of them seem really big. You know, for our family, um, Geordie's been very unwell for quite a while and she's finally got a, a, a diagnosis of chronic fatigue syndrome. It's been a giant for our family, a giant. And I believe today the protection of that giant is removed in Jesus' name. What's your giant? What's your giant? Because today we're going to believe that it's the grapes and it's the milk and honey. That's our portion. And the giants are nothing. We're going to speak to those giants. We're going to speak to them. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you all stand with those elements in your hand?
God wants to do something really powerful in your life today. I believe it. He wants to show you His power, show you His goodness. He is a signs and wonders God. And there is faith in this room to receive it. And so Lord, we just take these humble elements that represent your broken body and the blood that you shed on the cross for us. These powerful elements that depict the ultimate sacrifice that dealt with our sin, it dealt with our past, it dealt with our failures, it redeemed us, it has made us the children of God and it has given us the power and authority to speak to these giants in our lives and tell them to be removed in Jesus' Name. And so we just take these elements this morning and we declare as we do it, that those giants will come toppling down. Let's take the bread right now. Let's take the juice, the blood of Jesus. Let's raise our voices for a moment just in thanks to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you that you've defeated the giants in our lives. Thank You that You have overcome the world. You have overcome. Thank You that the Spirit that rose You from the dead lives in us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Remind us of our power and authority that we have because of the blood of Jesus this morning. In Jesus' mighty Name, we declare it. We declare it in Jesus' Name. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah team's just going to lead us in this beautiful chorus. Uh, 